At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This is our number two, Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Wes Reynolds here, coming to you from the VEASAN studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. Kind of a light day so far yeah. in the sports book. Not a whole lot of action going on behind us, but maybe it'll pick up later on. Of course, later tonight, yeah. we have the Stanley Cup final game, two between the Lightning and the Avs. Maybe a little bit of U.S. Open once the leaders start to tee off. We'll see some folks getting into the sports book. But it is a Saturday mm-hmm. here as we sit on June 18th. And Saturday, it gets the gears turning. It gets the gears turning for college football coming up later this fall, about two and a half months away from college football being back in our lives. So we figured that today we could take the time to talk a little SEC win totals because – these markets, they've been moving. These numbers have been up for a week or so, a couple of weeks, some places even a month for these win totals. But when you talk about the SEC, I know Georgia won the national title last year, but the conversation always starts with the Crimson Tide. Right now, Alabama, their win total sitting at 11.5. Now, the over is at plus money. They're plus 110. The under, minus 135. These numbers courtesy of BetMGM. But what do you think of the Tide now coming back with Probably the best player in college football with Will Anderson and maybe the best quarterback with Bryce Young. Yeah, and uh, obviously the Tide were a big story in terms of the offseason, as they always are in the SEC. Of course, uh, we remember uh, Jimbo Fisher, or excuse me, it was Nick Saban uh, Mm -hmm. at some uh, Alabama event. Uh, He was there with Nate Oates and a couple of the other coaches, and we're saying how Texas A&M, you know, they bought every player, and, you know, (laughs) Nick Saban was lamenting the NIL name, image, and likeness. Uh, You know, it was uh, Ali Ali Forbo was a thriller in Manila, 
or Ollie Frazier, rather, this is the Thrilla over Niella, apparently, <laughs> as uh, Breck McMurphy dubbed it, because that's basically what it is. And Jimbo Fisher, of course, responding in kind. So we know that's going to be one of the big games of the year. Yeah. That's going to be circled on the calendar, and this is going to be a revenge spot, a rare revenge spot for Nick Saban, of course, because the Aggies went ahead and beat the Crimson Tide down in College Station mm-hmm. last year. But, you know, you you just look at this, and – Bryce Young coming back and, and you know, so much talent in terms a lot of the defense coming back because a couple of years ago it was Alabama that lost all the talent. This year it's Georgia losing mm-hmm. so many guys to the draft. But not only do you have, you know, Bryce Young to be, you know, for another Heisman campaign, but you've got arguably the best player in college football and Will Anderson, the Terminator, on defense. So, you know, Alabama, nobody cries for Alabama because no. oh, we we didn't buy every player like like uh, Alabama. Also, you probably did. Quit the nonsense. Yeah, yeah like like <laughs> like like Alabama has never done that. Now, one of the things they're going to have to be better is on the offensive line. Of course, Evan Neal went in the first round. Mm. Chris Owens is now gone. You got a new offensive line coach there in Eric Walford. Uh, you have Vanderbilt transfer Tyler Steen coming in, J.C. Latham and Damian George. They're going to have to take over. So the offensive line maybe is going to be at least a little bit of a work in progress early in the season. But Bryce Young, you know, is he going to be you let him get more out in the open field this year, you know, and make plays on the run? He's got some new faces at receiver. receiver. He's got Jermaine Burton, the Georgia transfer, JoJo Earl, Ja'Cory Brooks. They're going to get a bulk of the passes. So, of course, you lose Mechie and yeah. company, and you lose Jamison Williams. But Alabama doesn't rebuild. They reload. I, I think that they're the absolute justifiable favorite when you look at it. And you just look at the SEC in a macro level. Texas A&M, new quarterback. LSU, a new quarterback. New quarterback down at Ole Miss. New quarterback at Auburn. Mississippi State and Tennessee have kind of been disappointments the last couple of years. You look at the at the schedule, too, for Alabama, the, uh, the out-of- conference, Utah State, Texas, UL Monroe, Austin P. I think that's perfectly manageable. So 11 and a half, probably the right number. You're never going to get really a lot of value necessarily mm-hmm. betting over 11 and a half on a total, and I'm not going to do it as such. So I would rather, instead of betting a win total, just bet them to win the SEC, and, yeah. you know, even money or minus 115 or somewhere of that nature, because that's where I think that they're going to be. Yeah, or bet them to win the national title. They're the, they're the favorite right mm-hmm. now to win the national championship. Um, they're a pretty good chance right. they'll be in the playoff, and they'll guess yeah. what? They're probably going to be favored once we get to the college football playoff there against any team in the so country. So if I was being safe, I would say, you know, Alabama just to win the SEC at minus like $1.15, $1.20, obviously shop around. See if you can maybe find even money on that. You're not going to find, I think, too much more than that yeah. in the market. But they're the best team. I think that this is the rebound. And I think uh, maybe uh, maybe old, old Nick down there in Tuscaloosa has got a little yeah. fire uh, with what he said about Jimbo Fisher and Just- Texas A&M where it's like, hey, you know, we're still the brand. We're still the A program in this conference. So. The Alabama uh, revenge tour, I think, is going to start yeah. this year. And, and in, fa- in fairness to Saban, too, I think he was mainly saying those comments to kind of rile up the boosters there at the Alabama oh, brass. They're saying, hey, guys, this is what we need to do to compete. To con- We have to do this NIL stuff. We can't just be sitting on our laurels. Otherwise, Texas A&M is going to mm-hmm. be coming for us right now with their outstanding recruiting class. They just signed your eight five-stars, yeah. the best recruiting and, class and ever on 24-7. And you keep wanting to buy in on A&M mm-hmm. because you know that Jimbo is recruiting very well down there. 
but yeah. they've never quite been able to do it. I mean, they got that big win over Alabama last year, and yet they disappointed and were in a lower-tier bowl. So yeah. when is Texas A&M going to finally put it together and get that 10-11 win season and be a real legitimate playoff contender? They have not been able to do that. They've always kind of been either down below or right on the periphery. Yeah, I don't think it'll be this year for A&M. Maybe next year once that recruiting class can really uh, put its imprint on that roster. Georgia, the defending national champion, their win total sitting at 10.5, minus 175 to the over, plus 145 to the under. They start the year off that big game in Atlanta, hosting Oregon, mm-hmm. their former defensive coordinator, Dan Lanning, now the head coach of the Ducks there. That'll be a quote-unquote neutral site game, but it's pretty much going to be a Georgia home game there in Atlanta. But Georgia's SEC schedule, they're at South Carolina September 17th, at Missouri October 1st, then three straight home games, Auburn, Vanderbilt, and then – not a home game, but it's a, a neutral site game in Jacksonville against Florida. Then they come home for Tennessee. Um, this Georgia team lost quite a bit to the NFL draft on the defensive end. Even on offense, they still lost some playmakers. James Cook, uh, George Pickens didn't play during the season, but played at least during the college football playoff. Um, what do you make of this Georgia team? Running it back with Stetson Bennett once again here. The defense, as great as it was last year, it's probably going to regress a little bit right. here in 2022. You know, when you look at Georgia, Femi, uh, and, and you mentioned how much they lost. I mean, they lost a lot of talent to the draft. They had 13 players in the portal because obviously, and when you go to a place like Georgia, you're always over-recruiting talent. So mm-hmm. you get talent that gets kind of lost in the shuffle and they want to go somewhere and play. I mean, we saw one get drafted in the first round last yeah. year, that being Jermaine Johnson, who was once at Georgia and ended up at Florida State. So that tells you the embarrassment of riches, especially on defense at Kirby Martin Company have had. You mentioned the opener against Oregon. Of course, Dan Lanning, the former defensive coordinator, now takes over there at Oregon. I think Oregon probably, look, they can maybe give them a game in the opener down in Atlanta, but I think that they're probably at least a year away from being kind of a true threat. I would, you know, want to see how Lanning is going to start to put together a class or two before I really mm-hmm. buy into Oregon back as a national title contender or a team that certainly can compete with Georgia. You look at the, at the usual non-conference schedule. Aside from that Oregon game, you get Samford, you get Kent State, you get Georgia Tech. We know Georgia Tech is still in a big-time rebuild, so you know, no real problems there. Uh, a couple interesting spots for Georgia, though. You get those trappy road games at Mizzou and at mm-hmm. South Carolina. I think South Carolina is going to be a little bit better this year. Shane Beamer, his second year, and then uh, Spencer Rattler now going to be the quarterback down there in Columbia. Georgia also goes on the road. They got to face Kentucky and Mississippi State. They do get Auburn at home, but probably the biggest threat to them, maybe to defeat them in the regular season, you would think at least on the surface is Tennessee. Because I think Florida with Billy Napier, that's still a rebuild. uh, You know, pretty much an entire new staff from the Dan Mullen regime. So I look at this and I don't want to bet the over because it's like you can see, okay, Georgia, look, do got to replace a lot on that roster. But do you really see two losses on this schedule in the regular season? Yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't see it. It's interesting because the SEC East, I think, is better. You brought up Tennessee. They've been recruiting really well there. Josh Heupel, mm-hmm. they're the head coach, has been there for a couple of years now. They, they have a lot of talent on that roster. Florida, though, is interesting. Both Florida and Tennessee win totals for the record, 7.5. Tennessee is juiced to the over at minus 175. Florida is minus 110 each way. But Florida has Anthony Richardson at quarterback, and there's been some buzz about yeah. Anthony Richardson. I know Michael Lombardi loves Anthony Richardson there as a potential pro prospect. If Anthony Richardson is one of those guys, 
Maybe the Gators ceiling is a little bit higher than the market is indicating. Yeah, because right now you're in the midst of a little bit of a culture change down there. I think, mm-hmm. you know, all the stuff that came out about Mullen, the the bunch was undisciplined. And I know this is, you know, you know, doesn't really matter to some people. But, you know, when you saw, okay, shirts untucked, they didn't look professional. They looked like kind of a ragtag bunch. So that's kind of the first thing that Billy Napier has to do is he has to change the culture. And you kind of have to run off the guys from the previous regime or see who's going to stay and who's going to buy in. It's like, okay, you're going to buy into what we're doing here. Yeah, I'm with you, coach. Or no, I'm going to go somewhere else. Uh, Looking at this Florida schedule, though, Three straight home games, but not easy home games. You get Utah coming in, a dark horse mm-hmm. national title contender. That's going to be a I tough think. one. Yeah, that's going to be a tough one. And Utah, look, they're going to be, you know, we get a chance to play an SEC team on the road. They're, yeah. Kyle Whittingham and his guys are going to be fired up for that one. Then you get Kentucky. Will Levis, can he, his second year at Kentucky, transfer from Penn State. Another guy can, who's getting probe talk. Yeah, can he go to the next level? And then you get South Florida at home, and then you go to Tennessee the best I see Florida doing in those four games is two and two. That's mm-hmm. the best I see them doing. Then you get Eastern Washington, you get Mizzou, you get LSU. So six of the first seven games are at home. And then you get the cocktail party in Jacksonville. And then you got a lot of road games at the end of the season. So I'm looking at Florida and they look like about a seven and five team. So I don't really see a lot of value either way. Are we sleeping on LSU real quick? You never really want to count those guys out, but a lot of talent, man. Brian Kelly in, <laughs> that, of in that first year uh, schedule, relatively manageable, at least early for LSU. They do get Florida state in that kickoff down there in new Orleans in the Superdome. So uh, they could easily start out. I think four and if they beat Mississippi state at home, plus plus one fifteen to the over when total sitting at seven and a half on the other side, we'll get you updated on the U S open and turn our attention back to the MLB card. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. 
I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM is all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted out specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. So visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back. This is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Bebefe alongside Wes Reynolds. We're hanging out here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. Got some crowds behind us here, huh? Folks in the in the back trying to see what's going on here. What up? It's yeah. VEASAN. Yeah, maybe you know? tr- maybe uh, trying to get in the College World Series. That's going to start exactly. today. I think the uh, first game is at 11 o'clock, I believe, in Omaha. Two games a day. We saw Notre Dame and Oklahoma win yesterday. They're in the winner's bracket tomorrow. Early game, Texas and Texas A&M. Uh, Longhorns and the Aggies haven't been meeting on the football field, unfortunately, very much anymore. But they're going to meet on the diamond. Loser leave town match early on. So the two games a day at the bottom of the bracket – Arkansas and Stanford yes, and then Mississippi and Auburn. So this has been like the SEC invitational, at least so far. Current SEC and future SEC, of course, Texas and Oklahoma mm-hmm. about to join that conference. Are you following that under steam today? I am not. It didn't work out if you did it yesterday, necessarily. I mean, these, these were like going, you know, a run and a half, two run bets to the under mm-hmm. because we know that at TD Ameritrade Park, or actually now Charles Schwab Field, still the same industry, same sector, financial services. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we just wanted to correct that for the record. <laughs> you know that it's hard to hit home runs in this ballpark, but yet you saw in the first game yesterday, it was uh, Texas A&M and Oklahoma. I think there were four home runs in that first game on Friday afternoon. So we've seen, I think it might, you know, be a little bit more low scoring with these two games. I think the better pitching staffs are in the bottom half of this bracket, but I don't make it a habit of following under steam, even in college baseball of two runs. And that's pretty much what you have in both games today. Yeah. Tomorrow's games as well, getting steamed to the under as well. Like Notre Dame, Oklahoma open 13 and a half. I'm seeing 11s and 12 and a half in some mm-hmm. places in the market. So mm-hmm. uh, it looks like the under is going to be the theme there for a lot of the betting market for the College World Series. Going on right now at the U.S. Open, we see Justin Thomas and Justin Rose. They're on the course right now. Um, the group that's about to tee off here as I pull up my leaderboard, 
will be, I, think, I believe Hideki Matsuyama and Adam Shane yeah. are already teed off, but it's going to be Brandon Matthews and Andrew Putnam, the Tacoma native Andrew mm-hmm. Putnam, that will be teeing off here momentarily. So starting to get some of the guys on the course looking at the odds board right now. Justin Thomas was a guy I know you talked about as maybe the line of demarcation. He's still 50 to 1, as well as Brooks Kepka, who will be teeing off in about 20-ish minutes or so, 50 to 1. Dustin Johnson is at 40 to 1, but the guys who are near the top of the leaderboard still couple hours away from hitting the course. Yeah, and I'll just give you an update here at the top from BetMGM. Uh, Colin Morikawa, Rory McIlroy, co-favorites at 9-2. to two, That's plus 450. John Rahm, uh, one of my guys pre-tournament, 5-1. to Yeah, one. buddy. Scott, Scotty Scheffler, 15-2, plus 750. He was a guy we talked about last night that was kind of like, you know what? <laughs> yeah. This guy on approach, when you look at these numbers and you look at not only what was coming in, but what he's done so far through first first two rounds, was number one on approach coming in really over the last 36 rounds, was number one strokes gained on difficult golf courses over the last 36 rounds, this obviously being another difficult golf course as the U.S. Open always is. So Scotty Scheffler, in terms of the chalky guys, if I didn't have any of these guys, he'd be the guy I'd add at plus 750. Then you have Aaron Wise, 16-1. to Is he going to hang around? This was a guy that was kind of a sneaky good uh, dark horse, I think, coming in this week. Very good form, very good stats. Hasn't won yet this year, but maybe he can hang around. Sam Burns, eighteen to one, might be another one that you could do. You could add if you don't have him already. He is currently three back, but Sam Burns, if it wasn't for Scotty Scheffler, he would be probably the player of the year right now. He's won three events already, has never really competed in the majors, and sometimes when you're a young, talented player like a Burns. You need to really get close that one time in majors that first time Mm -hmm. and then fall short like you need to fail. Like we kind of talked about that with the NBA playoffs the other night. Maybe this is Jason Tatum's time where he like needs to fail and then come back stronger. You know, that's Michael Jordan had to do it when he failed against the Pistons. So maybe, you know, that's the same for golfers. So Sam Burns maybe could fall into that. Matt Fitzpatrick, who I have three back 20 to one. Joel Damon, who's in the final pairing this afternoon with Colin Marikawa. That's going to go off at 345 Eastern. 22 to 1, Xander Shoffley, 30 to 1, Will Zalatoris, 33 to 1, Bo Hosler and Brian Harmon, 40 to 1. Dustin Johnson, who I believe is now on his second hole, he teed off. I think mm-hmm. he is currently at even par. He is 40 to 1. And then a host of players at 50, including Brooks Kepka, Justin Thomas, Hayden Buckley, and Hideki Matsuyama. Yeah, Sam Burns, uh, our producer Matt Santos, he's on Burns. I'm on Sam Burns here Yeah, I think uh, as Matt well. Humans has a little piece of Sam Humans Burns this week. So, yeah, we'll see what Sam Burns can do. Like you mentioned, he would be the guy that's getting all the pub if not for one Scotty Scheffler. But he actually beat out Scheffler at mm-hmm. Colonial there in the playoffs. Yeah, he did so beat him in was... the playoff, and that was really, you know, Scotty Scheffler was kind of leading all afternoon, and mm-hmm. that was a Memorial Day weekend. That was kind of like some carnage, really. Yeah, the yeah. wind started blowing, the greens started drying out and getting super fast. He and, got, Burns got in there quick, yeah. though. <laughs> yeah, and Burns was out a couple hours ahead of the yeah. leaders, so, you know. If you think the greens are going to get faster, I don't think you're going to dry out that much like they did in Fort Worth on that weekend, but they've been watering these greens. These greens are already super fast, by the way, about 12 and a half mm-hmm. on the stamp. I don't know if they're going to quite get to 13, but still, there's always fast greens at the U.S. Open. This uh, mostly POA mix. It's about 70% POA, 30% bent grass. So, you know, Sam Burns, it, you know, if Scotty Scheffler, he struggled on the greens at Colonial kind of down the stretch, maybe he does the same today. I don't seem to think so but 
Burns, I think, definitely live. It's funny. Uh, that weekend, Scotty Scheffler's sister-in-law, I believe, was getting married. And his wife mm-hmm. was in the wedding because it's her sister. And, mm-hmm. and so it was like, all right, we'll see how I do. And I might be right. able to make it. But then the force right. of the playoff. And I don't know if Scotty was able ever able yeah. to get to the wedding there. Yeah, <laughs> he, I think he eventually did. But it, but, it, but it was kind of a weird situation because, of course, Scotty Scheffler now lives in Dallas, Texas. Yes. That event was in Fort Worth, as it always is. Uh the uh, Colonial Country Club for the Charles Schwab Challenge. So, look, those guys always like to win their home events. And yeah. I know, you know, when you get into it, we talked about that. I think it was the Byron Nelson. It was the week yeah. before the it PGA. Just, uh, Jordan Spieth. Where it was there, like, right? do these guys, you know, how much do they really want to win these events? And we had Colt Nost, who is uh, part of the PGA Tour coverage on CBS, former tour player. He joins us on long shots usually once or twice a year. He was like, oh, buddy, these guys want to win these home events. You always mm-hmm. want to win in your hometown. These guys aren't just thinking about, oh, I'm just going to take this, play a few rounds and prep for the major. No, they really want to win those. And uh, Scotty Scheffler, even though he had to go to that wedding, it probably took a little bit out of him because he's like, hey, I really wanted to win Ben Hogan's old tournament here at Colonial. Didn't quite get it done. Uh, But you look at what, how the U.S. Open, how it's going to set up this afternoon. Round three has typically been the hardest round. Moving day. It's really Mm. been the hardest round. If you go the last 20 years for U.S. Open champions, the scoring average by round, and this from our buddy Justin Ray at Justin Ray Golf. Excellent follow if you like Yeah, absolutely. He always has the stat nuggets. Uh, Scoring average by round for the last 20 U.S. Open golf champions. Round one, 69.2. Round two, 67.9. Like Friday, it seems like round two is kind of the day you put yourself in the mix, right? Mm. You really say, okay, I'm going to be here. I'm going to contend. And then Saturday, you just kind of hang on for dear life. Uh, Round three, the highest scoring average, 70.4. So look, these leaders, you know, you wouldn't think it's like, oh, they're going to get passed. Not necessarily. If you ask Morikawa and you ask McElroy and Rami, it's like, okay, would you take 70 today? Hell yes, they would take 70. That's an even par round. That means you're at least going to be right there in the mix. Final couple pairings come Sunday. And then Sunday, that round four scoring average about 69.9. Well, Dustin Johnson is one under today right now. So he is at even par for the championship. Five back of our co-leaders, Morikawa and Joel Damon. He has really been about the only live player the only one that's committed to yeah. that tour that has really played well. A lot of those guys played terrible. Yeah. And they got faded in the matchup market this oh, week. Yeah. So you probably made a lot of money if you went ahead and fade those guys. So uh, Dustin Johnson, Patrick Reed's played okay. I think he is uh, one over par even on his round today. So they played okay. But you saw a lot of those guys, the the Nas and the Gooch. Mickelsons and – Gooch and, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of these guys, a lot of the international guys, Brandon Grace and, you know, some of the European guys, uh, Ustazen didn't make the cut. And Ustazen, it's almost like he's almost like always a given to bet in a major because yeah. he's always going to be there. <laughs> he may like, not oh, always win. T- top five Louis. He was right there last year. And then John Rahm ripped his heart out, birdie in 17 and 18. Yeah. And then Louis hit one bad drive, I think, on the 17th. And then that was all she wrote for him. He is the perennial bridesmaid. I think he has, mm-hmm. he has the bridesmaid slam at least one time for not only being a runner-up at the Masters, but the U.S. Open, the Open Championship, and also the PGA. So even Louie didn't really play well this week. So nobody really yet has made a move into red figures. At least Dustin Johnson is one under through three holes on his mm-hmm. round. Yeah, no, we're, we're going to see some guys teeing off here. Zalatoris is another guy that we have our eye on. I'm on Zalatoris this week. He tees off in about 14 minutes with Thomas Peters there in that group. But Brooks Kepka and 
Jung Kim will be teeing off in about three minutes. So uh, we're getting the guys on the course now. So mm. it's going to be a fun moving day, quote unquote, here at the country There's club. There's John Rombo arriving Mass. in his uh, Adidas workout That's here. That's our he, guy. He looks ready to go. Get it home. Two straight, Rom. Let's go <laughs> ahead and do it here. On the other side, we'll talk a little NL futures in the division market. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. What's going on? We're at the halfway point here of Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe hanging out with Wes Reynolds here in the, the South Point Hotel and Casino. Uh, Justin Thomas just parred his third hole there. So JT is even par through three, one over for the championship as we keep our eyes on the country club at Brookline Mass. But let's turn our attention back to Major League Baseball division odds. We spoke about the American League in the first hour. Let's touch on the National League here, starting with the NL East, which is a really interesting division. The New York Mets right now 20 games over 500, 43 and 23. They have a five and a half game lead. And their preseason odds, they were the favorites at plus 140. Now currently sitting at minus 225 over at BetMGM. The defending World Series champion Atlanta Braves had their 14-game win streak snapped yesterday. Still five and a half back, nine games over 500 here. They were plus 150, now plus 200. The Phillies, 4-1 to one to start the year. 14 to 1 as we sit on June 18th. But the conversation is probably those three teams there, Marlins and Nationals, just being long shots and probably out of the discussion here midway through the season. Yeah, Marlins certainly at least somewhat competitive, being that they probably have two Cy Young candidates with Alcantara, especially, and also Pablo Lopez, I think has been very good, but he's a little bit down the board. But that's what the Marlins are kind of doing. Get good on one side of the ball. It's like the NFL, get good on defense or get good on offense mm-hmm. and then try to build from there. And that's what kind of the Marlins, I think, are doing with the pitching staff down there. But they just don't hit enough, and that's why they're six games under 500. By the way, they're taking on the Mets. Later this afternoon, it is uh, uh, Garrett against Taiwan Walker. Walker, about a $1.80, $1.85 favorite, 160 165 take back on the Marlins here. But – This is kind of the crucial part of the season, I think, for the Mets, because keep in mind, we always wait for the shoe to drop this time of year with the New York Mets. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, they're going to have some big injury, but they've already been dealing with injuries. Uh, Scherzer, you know, when when he's, I think, close to coming back, Jacob deGrom, Taylor McGill just got put on the injured list for 15 days. Back, uh, I think yesterday, he got put on the injured list. But now the Mets are starting to get a little beat up in the pitching staff. Now, maybe some reinforcements are coming. And that's why I kind of feel like you could fade them. But maybe I don't want to get too far out in front of it. Braves just had their 14-game winning streak snapped. But I didn't think that the Braves were going to drop as much as they did. I think they got, you know, kind of the victim of a tough schedule to start out the season and then some adjustments. But, you know, we talked with Cody Decker last night on the nightcap, and I think he described it absolutely perfectly. Matt Olson is basically Freddie Freeman, but five years younger. <laughs> so, you know, he, he is hit and all of a sudden you've had freed be his normal, you know, Cy Young candidate self. We mentioned Kyle Wright, who's going later today. If they could just get Morton and they can just get Anderson. I think Kenley Jansen's been okay as the closer down there in in Atlanta. So more often than not, he's gotten the job done this season. The Phillies got hot in terms of 
right after Joe Girardi was let go and then yeah. Rob Thompson. Remember, they won, what, like eight or nine in a row right out of the gate, including a sweep of the Brewers. This team can really hit. They're not very good defensively, and their bullpen is weak, and that's why I'm a little short on the Phillies right now, and that's why I think you can see the market at 14-1. And keep in mind, Philadelphia only four games over 500, so they yeah. got a lot of ground to make up if they want to catch the Mets at least in the division. So to me, it's probably a two-team race right now. Well, you mentioned the Phillies' weaknesses of the uh, the pitching, the defense there, the bullpen's not too strong, but – can't they get away with that in the summer months here when the balls are really flying out? Because offensively, they're such a juggernaut that maybe they won't be exposed until we get to late September or possibly even October if they reach the playoffs. I mean, you you could, I think, make that argument. But, you know, they've been relatively injury-free, but now they're dealing with the fact that, you know, you look, uh, uh, Segura has now been out, but mm-hmm. they brought up Bryson Stott, the kid from uh, D.O. right over here at Desert Oasis Haas High School here in Las Vegas, not too far away from where we are at the South Point. And he's been an absolute revelation, you know, where he's maybe a dark horse rookie of the year candidate. But Philadelphia, I think if they are going to make moves at the deadline, maybe it's too much to ask for the division, but maybe could contend for the wild card. I think <laughs> I don't think that that's too far out of the question, considering Schwarber's absolutely mashing the ball. Bryce Harper has gotten back in the MVP contention. So the Phillies, you know, can hit, but I do think that they got to get some kind of help in that bullpen. You know, the defense is what it is. You know, you can maybe kind of counteract that defense with how they hit and and really their power pretty much everywhere. But they've got to make some kind of move in that bullpen, I think, if they're going to be a real wildcard contender. Well, it definitely feels like a two-team race in the NL Central. Right now, the Milwaukee Brewers are the favorites at minus 135. They're a game back of the St. Louis Cardinals. Preseason, Milwaukee was minus 150, so a little bit of movement down there. Now $1.35. The Cardinals were 2-1 to one preseason, now minus 105. They lead the division by one game, like I mentioned there. Who are you riding with, Brewers or the Cardinals? Uh, I like the Cardinals, actually. And I think uh, the Brewers, you've kind of seen their pitching staff Regress, not quite as much as the White Sox Mm -hmm. necessarily. Corbin Burns still putting up very good numbers, but that's a Milwaukee staff that you really had. You know, they had career years. It was very similar to the White Sox. You had a lot of these guys like Woodruff and like uh, Corbin Burns and company that had career years. Josh Hader, at least more recently, has looked fairly human, even though, you know, he went, I think, until the month of June without giving up an earned run. And then the Phillies kind of touched him up. And ever since then, you know, has looked like he's at least gettable and not his usual dominant self uh, where he didn't give up a run for the better part of several months. But you look at the staff, Adrian Hauser, another guy that kind of had a career year last year, three and seven and 12 starts, 421 ERA. Brandon Woodruff's had some injuries this year, and his ERA is about 4.74. Corbin Burns still striking a lot of guys out, about 11 and a half, and not really walking very many guys, 252 ERA. So still good numbers for Burns, but Peralta's been injured. Eric Lauer has been a relatively stabilizing force there, six and two and 12 starts, 357 ERA, but the offense is just too anemic for me. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just, they're, they're, they're not putting up runs and you feel like the brewers, if these pitchers aren't going to have these career years, you got to get at least a little bit more offense. You can't win games three to two every night. You yeah. do, you just can't do that. And then hope big kid hater can save your butts really at the end of the game. So I like St. Louis, St. Louis, I think has a good mix of youth 
and also experience. When you talk about you have Goldie and you have Arenado still producing, Yachty's still about the best signal caller in the league behind the plate. And then the ageless wonders on these pitching staffs, Adam Wainwright still finding ways to get guys out, even though he doesn't have his best stuff. And even though he's now 40 years old, but I really like what the young staff has done. Miles Michaelis, who might have some regression if you really look at the peripherals, but he is now back. They did just get really the ace of the staff, Jack Flaherty back. So these young guys that have really been kind of holding down the fourth, the Michaelis's and the Dakota Hudson's and, you know, Packy Naughton, they've been using him as an opener, and uh, Jordan Hicks, they've been using a little bit. But now that you've got Flaherty back and you've got Steven Matz still, who, you know, when he comes back, he's had some – yeah, his ERA looks really deceiving. His ERA is over mm-hmm. six, but his XFIP is under three at 298, and he strikes out, you know, ten and a half guys per nine innings. So when you look – I think the Cardinals are a little bit better set up here. They just find ways to win. They're not a team that necessarily overpowers you at the home run, but they absolutely paper cut you to death, singles and doubles and moving base runners. So I like the Cardinals to win the Central this year. The Cardinals nickel and diming people might be what helps them go on a run in October. That's a team that if there's anyone that's a long shot right now in the NL to possibly upset the apple cart, whether knocking off the Mets, the Braves, the Dodgers, Padres, whoever ends up coming out of the West there, I think that could be the St. Louis Cardinals there, nickel and diming their way to a possible pennant. The NL West division odds right now, the Dodgers, who are a half game back of the San Diego Padres, are minus 200. Their preseason odds were minus 225. Now they're laying at $2 to win $1 there. Padres plus 325 preseason now plus 220 the Giants odds plus 50 plus 550 preseason plus 750 now currently here is this a three-team race or are we mainly talking Dodgers and Padres Giants have got to start to show something I think if they want to uh, stay in this race and look last year we were kind of like okay when are the Giants going to fade when are the Giants going to fade and they never did and you know eventually made the playoffs Uh, Padres were the big disappointment last year but maybe they were like a year away and you know, we've talked about the Padres before. I think Jace Tingler had kind of burned out the bullpen last year, and that's why you saw the Padres fade late. But Bob Melvin, I think an upgrade there as manager. And I think what they're getting and why I like the Padres actually to win this division, even though I think the Dodgers would still be my World Series candidate out of the mm-hmm. National League, is because their starters are going deeper in games. Joe Musgrove, even though he's on the COVID list for the next, you know, seven to ten days, not on the injured list. It's called COVID slash IL, but he's not hurt. But and 12 starts, an absolute Cy Young candidate in the NL. Darvish is going later in games. Mackenzie Gore, a young guy that's been doing very well. Sean Manea. So you're getting a stronger starting rotation that's going deeper in games, and you're not wearing out this bullpen. Machado's absolutely had an MVP candidate year. And, oh, by the way, Fernando Tatis has not played yet for the Padres, and he's going to come back. So the fact that they're doing this without Tatis – I think the Friars are going to win the NL West and not the Dodgers. Ooh, how about that? The Friars possibly coming out of the NL West. On the other side, we turn our attention back to the ice. Our first guest on the program, Evan Klosky, sports director at WTSP in Tampa, breaking things down for Game 2 in the Stanley Cup Final.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sports books, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and value perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. So sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to Betting Across America, presented by none other than BetMGM. Femi Bebefe hanging out with Wes Reynolds here at the Vista Studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. And and before we started the show here, we're talking a little bit about the Stanley Cup final there. Right now, the Colorado Avalanche lead 
the Tampa Bay Lightning 1-0. And to help us talk more about this series, we bring, we bring in our guy. We had him on last Saturday. We figured we might as well bring him in again because he predicted not only the right the winner, but also the score. We can see mm-hmm. if he can do it and follow that up. He is Evan Klosky, sports director over at WTSP in Tampa, Florida, in Denver right now for game two of the series later on tonight. Evan, we appreciate you joining us this morning. What adjustments do you think the Lightning need to make ahead of tonight's game two? Yeah, first and foremost, I'm trying to go uh, two for two here with that that prediction. <laughs> but um, honestly, after talking with, with Cooper and the guys, um, I think they just need to go back to to a little bit their structure. I think the, the biggest positive that I see is when you look at what happened in the beginning of the Rangers series, when you look at what happened in the beginning of the Toronto series, I mean, they took a big old smack in the mouth to the point where everybody was kind of questioning, man, can, can these guys hang? Is, is it going to work out for them? So they didn't really have that happen to them outside of the first 10 minutes of that game. So for them, it's just they need to do little things. Um, they're, bra- they're working on their breakouts a lot, getting out of their defensive zone and just moving a, a little bit faster to, to get the puck more. And if they can get the puck more, then they think that um, it will limit Colorado's D-men from pushing the pace and doing what they want to do. So nobody is better at making adjustments than John Cooper and his staff. Also, the Tampa Bay Lightning. 4-0 all-time in Game 2 of the Stanley Cup Finals. So they also have that going for them. And John Cooper, for some reason, has a tremendous record in Game 2s overall that when he gets a look at an opponent, he's able to tinker. And they had the extra day here in Denver to really delve deep into Colorado a little bit more. So I don't think they have to make wholesale changes. I really just think that they need to kind of just be a little smoother, execute a little more, and and play that grungy hockey, which is what we saw sort of in the tail end of that game, especially in the third period, when it was just both teams kind of going back and forth with with no high-danger opportunities created. Evan, going into game one, kind of one of the big storylines was the fact that Colorado, of course, had nine days off, so it's like, are they going to get slow to be out of slow out of the gate? But really, it was Tampa Bay. And do you think it was maybe just more of the adjustment of having to play the Rangers, who you know slower paced team and a team where Tampa can basically play defense and you know pay the price, block shots. If they get through the Vaz, you're going to be confident that he's going to stop them because the Rangers were, weren't really a threat, at least except on the power play. Really, not so much on the uh, five on five. But Colorado, just the pace that they bring, do you feel like it was just maybe Tampa Bay not used to having that pace or playing against that pace, being that they had the Rangers such a slow team before? I think there's a little bit of that. I also think that the big thing that I heard was they, quote, they dipped their toes into the water. I think they entered the final, and they're like, okay, this is a feel-out process. Let's see how they look. And then Colorado came out, and they were just motoring. So to a degree, yes, I think the speed really was like, oh, we don't have time to do this feel out thing and and push the puck around and get and get acclimated to their team and what their style is. It's like, no, you have to jump into this thing ASAP or they are just going to run you out of the building. So, you know, yes, you were coming off the Rangers series where maybe they figured them out and there's maybe a sense of complacency there because New York, as you mentioned, could not do anything even strength against the lightning if they played in their structure it was game over like they figured them out Mm. and they had nothing left in the tank unless it was on the pp this time around they they have to be focused if they if they are not dialed into what they need to do then colorado is going to jump on them so i i think i think it's a little bit of both of just the new opponent and adjusting to them 
also coming off of a series where they had the other team figured out completely. And for some reason, these playoffs, outside of that Panthers game, they, the Lightning just they haven't brought the juice in game one. So for whatever reason. We're speaking with Evan Klosky, sports director at WTSP in Tampa, Florida. They're talking about all things game two between the Lightning and the Avalanche coming up later tonight. Evan, right now at BetMGM, the total in this game is sitting at six. We saw that go over in game number one, four, three in favor of the Avs in overtime. That first period, three goals for Colorado. But outside of that first period, it felt like Tampa was able to kind of handle things and slow down the Avalanche. What's your read on the total here with it sitting at six? That's man. It, I'm actually kind of around that number. I'm I'm leaning, leaning towards an under, but it could be exactly six. So I think the number is great. Um, here, here's my take is that exactly what you said. I, I really don't think that Andre Vasilevsky is going to get blown up again. Uh, but you know, the Avalanche certainly do create a, a lot of opportunities that, you know, could could get a couple more past Vasi. But here's here's a stat that I lean on in this playoffs. Vasi has given up about four goals per game in game one. But in all other games, it's less than two goals. So when he also gets a look at you and has a feel for what you're trying to do, Vassy also shuts down. So I don't have Colorado scoring more than two goals tonight, but mm. I do have the Bolts leaning towards four for me. So like I'm kind of thinking like 4-1, 4-2 Tampa Bay tonight. And mostly because look, Tampa Bay needs to put shots on, on Darcy Kemper. There's, there's one advantage that the Lightning have, and it's that the goaltending for Colorado is just not good. So, you know, we remember in that Panthers series where uh, all of a sudden, or sorry, in the Rangers series, where they went down two zip and they just peppered uh, Igor for like 40 some odd shots. And we were just, we're going to throw a bunch at him. We're just going to, we're just going to be aggressive. I think that's what we're going to kind of see tonight. Let's just make Darcy Kemper beat us. I think that that has to be the strategy. Evan, do you expect Tampa and the defense maybe to kind of flood the neutral zone a little bit just to kind of muck it up? Because, look, you saw in the first period they got a lot of free runs and a lot of free skates, and that's not good against the Colorado Avalanche where they can get odd men rush or they can get out and really play a more wide-open style of hockey. So do you expect Tampa Bay, the D, the, the top couple D lines, basically, to you know flood the neutral zone and just kind of muck it up, maybe force Colorado to chip and chase a little bit in the offensive oh. zone? A little bit, certainly. Uh, and, and here's another positive for Tampa Bay. Victor Hedman had a bad game. He just unequivocally, it was a bad game. And Steven Samkos had a bad game, too. So those are two of your best players who kind of didn't have it. And that's not going to happen again in this contest. Um, that's why I kind of like uh, I kind of like Victor Hedman as an anytime scorer bet. Mm. I think there are pretty good odds there. Um, he just he whenever he has a stinker, he, he always does something the next time around. So I, I do think that Hedman could be a play tonight. Uh, but I, I think that what you're going to see is, yes, a little bit of that, but also a lot of puck management. I think the Bolts are going to play a lot of possum. They're going to try to – the key is, again, what I hear from John Cooper is if we can hold on to the puck and, and take possession of that, then their D-men are going to get tired and they are not going to rush. They're not going to be able to transition on us because they're going to get off the ice and a new people are going to come in and they limit the, sw the, the swarm of activity – and the Avalanche thrive on and, and where they can capitalize on their speed. So I, I just imagine that Tampa Bay is going to play a slower pace, as you said, just try to really handle the puck. And as long as they do that, I, I really don't know if Colorado is going to have much working for them. And there weren't many odd man rushes either in that first game, which I thought was another good sign um, 
for Tampa Bay. But also, you know, the Lightning didn't have many as well outside of that Nick Paul hustle play. Mm-hmm. Evan, we got about 40 seconds left. It's hard to say that this is a must-win game for Tampa Bay here because Colorado is just holding serve at ice so far. But it feels like it's hard to believe that they would be able to beat the Colorado Avalanche four out of five games. Do you think that this is one of those gotta-have-it type of games here for the Lightning tonight? And also, what is your score prediction for tonight's game? Yeah, it's absolutely a must-have. You know, falling down 2-0, we all know the stats. It's, it's not good. But again, uh, against this type of team, you're going to get burned. I mean, it, you you have to win tonight. But uh, having said that, I do think that the, the Bolts work best under that sense of urgency. And I'm going to go 4-2 Tampa Bay Lightning. We come back home to Amelie Arena on Monday with a 1-1 series. How about that? Well, Tampa Bay on the reverse puck line right now at BetMGM, plus 290. Also, Victor Hedman, anytime goal scorer, plus 340. So a couple plus money props there from our guy, Evan Klosky. He is Evan Klosky, Tampa Bay of WTSP in Tampa Bay, I should say, the sports director out there. Evan, we appreciate you talking with us as always. And if the series continues to go longer, we'll have to have you on again. Absolutely. Anytime, Sam. You know that. All right. Good stuff there from Evan there. Uh, I'm excited for this game. It's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. The under could possibly be a play there, but he thinks that Tampa Bay might have a little bit more success offensively because of Colorado's woes in goaltending. So interesting to see what happens coming up later tonight, game two in Denver. On the other side, we start hour number three, talking more MLB here on Betting Across America. This is VSIN, the sports betting network. Whether you're a novice or a seasoned veteran in the sports book, VSIN is here to help you improve your sports betting skills. VSIN has assembled the leading team of insiders and handicappers to analyze and handicappers to analyze and handicappers to analyze and handicappers. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.